Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Turn up your volume. This is Unfuck Nation. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to this week's episode of Unfuck Nation. I am your host, Gary John Bishop, and thank you for making what we do here at The Nation a part of your week. I have a great show for you this week, obviously, right? Because that's what we're endeavoring to do every single week. Um, And, you know, if you haven't noticed yet, just a quick reminder the the Unfuck store is back up and running. We'd had some issues with it. And, but now it's rocking and rolling, right? And I know I've been promising for a little while now about some new merchandise, but new stuff will be coming up. All right. So as I told you last week, I've been busy working on this new book. And this book is about being a parent. But, but it's not about being a parent like these are the things you should do to be a better parent, right? Or these are the things you shouldn't do to be a better parent. Some of that stuff is minimal, right? I mean, you really need to. All too often, I think there are certain folks going around in life looking for a fucking gold medal for the basics of doing your job, which I get it, you know, I understand, right? Because there's the idea of being a parent and then there's the reality of being one. But one of the things that I say in the book, the only thing that's harder than being a parent is sometimes being the child of one. So the only thing harder than being a parent is sometimes being the child of one. And, you know, I, I brought, a, there's a video doing the rounds right now on TikTok or, or Instagram where I gave this little little piece of advice, which as you know, typically I don't do advice. But anyway, uh, this advice was don't come out of your 20s without having done the work to complete your childhood. Now, I think most people hear that comment like, yeah, some people had some really fucked up child childhoods, so yeah, they should do that work. And then I think there are other people like, oh yeah, my childhood was a fucking disaster. I need to do that work, right? And and no, what I'm saying is everybody needs to do the work to complete their childhood because those formative years, and I'm, I'm calling that the first 20. I'm calling the first 20 years of your life your childhood. 
after that, you know, it's basically about the rest of your life is is spent trying to get over it or replicate it, right? And it's not replicate replicate the actual things or get over the actual things. It's get over the experiences or replicate the experiences. Now, I want to feel the way I felt or I don't want to feel the way I felt. None of what you, of anything that I just said there, you're even remotely cognizant of. Not not specifically. Anyway, maybe in some kind of fucking general way. So you don't come out of your 20s not having done that work. And then if you get into your 30s and you haven't done that work, then you should do that work. And then if you get into your 40s and you haven't done that work, then you should do that work. And on and on and on. You should do that work. The work of what? The work of getting complete with what you took out of your childhood. So what does it mean to be complete? It means when you look at that thing now, there's no attachment to it. There's no emotional charge around it. There's no, there's no, you're, you're not handcuffed to it. Like you have a perspective of it where you're free to talk about it and free to share about it. And it, and you do not experience anything about it. That is what needs to get said, not what needs to get acknowledged, what needs to get recognized. But I think a lot of times, and especially in modern psychology, you're left with the idea that somehow you need other people to complete your past. That is, I need somebody to say something or do something that'll complete my past. Like if I could just get them to acknowledge or apologize or own up to or whatever, or see my point of view, or la, 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 that'll complete my past. That will not, man, I can't say this strongly enough, that will not complete your past. It will not do it. And I don't give a fuck what anybody's told you. That will not do it. What it will leave you with is some kind of experience of I was right. So number one, it won't complete it. You'll get kind of respite or relief from it. But you'll take whatever little emotional fucking gift box you made for yourself there and you will take that with you into the future and you'll just apply that same logic to whoever else, whatever other poor fucking sucker comes across your field of view. So getting complete your childhood is absolutely critical. Right? And look, I've done tons of interviews about this. I've done, I've done fucking podcasts about this. I've written about it in, in books about my own relationship with my, you know, the 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 um the villain of my childhood, right? Who was who in my mind I had made that my mom. I'd made her the villain. And I, and I know there's tons of you out there like, no, no, you don't understand. Okay, my mom was or my dad was the fucking villain. They did this and they did that and they did this and they did that and they did that. I get all that, but you've made them the villain. No, you don't understand, Gary. My father fucking beat me with a stick. I know, and you've made him the villain. Right? And and all those little nuances that you recognized about him, you've taken them and you've put them all together, and now you use them 
You use them to recognize certain traits in other people. Well, isn't that a good thing? Well, no, because you're fucking condemning the innocent before they even get a chance to breathe. Or you're fucking overreacting to shit that just, you know, you really should just be looking at it from a much more logical standpoint. So I think there's something really important for people to get, though. I think there's a there's a generation of parents out there desperately trying to not traumatize their children. When and I think you're missing the point of being a kid. The point of being a kid is to be is to recognize what you're gonna avoid in the future whether it's real or not. And I've, and I've had tons and tons and tons of clients and participants at events over the years who really, like, have had, have applied old emotional cycles to current situations and are absolutely convinced that their experience, what they're feeling, is a function of the current situation. And I'm saying it's not. I'm saying it's not. You're, you're living in a... You, that's the matrix that you hear me talking about. See, look, you have to realize, like, until you start to spring yourself out of the trap, no one can win with you. No one can win. It doesn't matter what they say or do. They'll never win with you. And, and a lot of what I'm talking about here, by the way, the, the guts of what I'm talking about is in stop doing that shit. It's in that book. And that book has sold fucking hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of copies. And I know that people have gotten value out of that book, but I, I read somebody recently who said, you know, somebody on Instagram who tagged me in their in their post, and they said, this is not an easy read, but it's a fucking critical read. And I believe that to be true. It's not, you know, stop doing that shit is not an easy read. It's very, very confronting. But it's the right read. It's the right confronting there's no point in being confronted by something if it doesn't open up a doorway for you. I mean, look, I'm touching on a particularly sensitive subject here. You have no idea the number of people who, when I bring up this subject, they just fucking rail on me, right? Which is okay. I don't care. But they do. You know, they rail on me. They're like, you don't fucking, who are you anyway? Where's your psychology degree? And you don't know, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm venturing into their little precious area that nobody's allowed into. Nobody gets to poke that. And you've got those areas of your life where nobody's allowed to poke. You know, you push back or you retreat, right? You'll either push back and, you know, in an overly dramatic way. Or you'll retreat and, and, and just, you know, cut them off. Maybe not cut them off literally, but, you know, communication will either get diminished or disappear for a day or two or seven. 
So how do I recognize though? And, and you know, I've had this question a number of times. How do you recognize the parts of your life where you're being driven by some unseen past? How, well, well, the reality is it's all of it, right? But there's some really obvious parts. And, and you'll, you'll more than likely recognize this in other people before you can recognize it in yourself. But sometimes, you know, that's a good place to observe. I'm not, don't jump in there like, oh, I just heard this on a fucking podcast. Let me coach you, right? No, stop doing that. Um, but, but by the same token, you can sometimes recognize it in other people. What do you recognize? It's when the reaction is way out of sync with what's happening. So there's one or two things happening there, and only two. So when somebody's reaction is way out of sync with what's happening, when you're like, fuck, all right, okay, I get it, right? It's either there's some inauthenticity there. There's either something that you're not aware of that they are aware of, and when you venture in there, so it could be a lie or a withhold or something, right? That's one thing. The other thing is um, it's some incompletion from their past. Like you've just trod on their emotional landmine. And and they'll make the thing be about the issue, like the circumstance, like, no, you don't know, this is fucking important to me. Why do you always write? But if you, if they were to take a breath and get underneath that a little, they might see like, oh, Shit, this is like my childhood hang-up about justice or being heard or being acknowledged. Or this is some childhood issue about feeling unloved or uncared for or controlled. You feeling me? Now, obviously, I'm not asking you to go around and start fucking examining other people. None of that's any good. But it is worthwhile examining yourself. It is worthwhile joining some dots together. And and sometimes, you know, the question from people is, all right, well, I recognize that. So fucking what? Well, look at the carnage. Look at the mess that you make when you indulge that. Look at the impact that's had on you as a person, like your experience yourself, your ability to be free and open and loving and caring and like all and, and adventurous and bold and dynamic and confident and like look at the damage it does when you indulge that. So that's that's the first place you start, like you know, the damage that it's doing to you and your and your sense of joy and satisfaction and fulfillment. Here's the second thing. What's it like for other people to be around that? Like, really, like, give it some thought. Not like, well, fuck them, they're an asshole too. Like, no, like, stop and think, like, what's it like to be raised by a parent who's still incomplete with their own parent? And please, save me from your fucking chalkboard wall in your kitchen and all the great things you're doing for your kids. Stop. They're way more sensitive to your incompletions than you are. Like, what are you fucking hanging on to from back then? What are you 
in the midst of? What kind of deathly grip do you have on this opinion or that opinion? You know, one of the things that blew my mind was that there were certain people in my life who had friends. <laughs> I couldn't get my like, who the fuck would be a friend with that? And then I realized that that, that I was talking about was my view. Was how it was from my angle. And what I never realized is that I had put myself in that position to see them from there. I could have seen them from a lot of other places, but I saw them from there. And that's why when you get into the subject matter and you say, well, try on a different perspective, try on seeing that person from over here. And they're like, no, they should have known better. No, they, la, 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 la. No, I was the child. They were the adult, which is, you know, the old tried and tested one. No, they were just a fucking incomplete child in a fucking adult skin bag. Sorry to disappoint you, but that's how it is. They were an incomplete child in an adult skin bag, raising you. And look, it doesn't, nothing I'm saying here, like, I, you know, you're not being fucking gaslit or something. You're being invited to question something, that's all. If you are determined to resent, hate, admonish, name, categorize, dehumanize, if you're determined to do that, you should do that. Go ahead. Do it. You'll pay. You are paying. When I bring this subject up online, I'm done with that and I'm complete with that and I'm glad I did this. And I'm like, why, then why the fuck are you online banging the drama about it? Because you know what? See the shit that you're complete with? You don't even want to let it out of your mouth anymore. You're just like exhausted by it. You're just like, it's it's done for me. It's done for them. Like, it's over. It's over. You know, I, I did this program years and years ago. One of the things that you did in this thing was you would write out your life story, like the whole thing, you know, like a pen and a piece of fucking paper and you'd write the whole thing out. And you would sit there for about a fucking hour, like, and then this happened to them when I was eight, and then you're just reading it, you're just writing all that. But then the part of the program that really started to get fucked up is you had to read it out to another person. And then after you'd read it, you had to, and as you were reading it, you know, you'd be like fucking crying and shit. Oh, that, that was awful. <laughs> you know? And then you read it again and you can't, you're crying again, but you can't quite cry the same. And then you just keep reading it and reading it and reading it out. And, you know, you're speaking it out in the universe and speaking it out until the point where you just throw the fucking thing away. Like, I am so fucking done with this. I am so done with being defined by this and defining other people by this. I'm exhausted by it. And it's it's revolutionary and it's transformational. It's wild and it's exciting and it's radical because you realize how much you'd been trapped in those words and those paragraphs and those phrases that were all too familiar and stuck in your fucking gut. 
But when they're out and then the universe and you get to look at them and you get to kind of third person them, right? Like, oh, like you see yourself as a person and then you see other people as a person, as like a real actual fucking human being instead of the demon you'd written in your fucking for adult only com comic book. Then you're like, wow, like shit, everybody's struggling. Everybody's trying to make it. You know, like my dad was trying to make it mentally, physically, like he was trying to make it. And drowning, drowning. And my mother was drowning, drowning. I like couldn't mentally get it together. And, you know, you're just getting raised in that. Like you got raised in it. So I don't, I didn't pity them. I don't pity them. I just get like the human struggle that we all go through, that I go through what it is to be a human being, what it is to make a life out of a life that you were thrown into and had no say in, in a society that already had a very orderly way of doing things for that society. I know some of you think it's a shit show, but it's only a shit show against the order. You had no say in any of that. Right? Colors and shapes and none of you're just you just you're born and you're taught it. But it's not just knowledge, it's like your mom was born and taught how to mother. Your dad was born and taught how to father. I mean, you did the same. That's why you can't have a conversation about parenting with a Examining the three generations, right? Your children, you and your parents. And, and look, I know all the new parents know I'm going to do this different. No, you're going to do this based on what happened to you, <laughs> which is not different. You're literally using the template of what didn't work, trying to make that work when you'll just end up with hang-ups at the other end of the pendulum. So anyway, that's some of the stuff that I wanted to spell with this new book when it comes out later this year. But I want to give you some heads up about that for yourself and, and the, the work to complete your past. And by the way, you do get complete your past. It's not like you'll be getting complete your past for the next fucking 60 years. That's not true. That's not true. There's there's a past that you need to get complete with. It exists as a singular thing in the confines of your memory, you know, beautifully interwoven with your mental, emotional, and physiological state. And it's another reason to get complete with it because you'd be amazed at how much of your aches and pains and complaints, your physical complaints, are actually tied to your incompletions. And your mood swings and your outlook and your mindset and all of that stuff. The past needs to live there to give you a real shot at an authentic future, not a future created out of trying to get over something, but a real viable and, and exciting and enlivening future free from the past. And that, my friend, will take some work from you. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. We're coming back with our question from the nation. It's a great question. Um, I think you're going to love it. 
And as usual, when we take questions from the nation, your job is to listen and a listen from the perspective of your life, not to sit here like, you know, it's fucking soap opera time, right? Getting and peek into somebody else's life. The people who contribute here, they send a question in or, 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 or an explanation of perhaps what they're dealing with. They're the courageous ones, right? They're the ones that are stepping. I'm saying here, I'm going to get this on the table. Could you please give me some insight, you know, or pick this apart in such a way that I might get a chance to interact with it in a new way? You know, you, if if you're listening to this, you know, the first thing you got to really get is your gratitude for that somebody else is doing this and getting their life on the table. They're a player. Um, but then don't don't diminish it as nothing. Like really listen keenly for what's going to make the difference for you in your life. So we'll be back in just a moment right after this. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. All right, all right. Welcome back to the second part of this week's episode. Uh, this is the part where we take a question from the nation. This question, I mean, look, all the questions that are sent in here are important. Um, but I think you'll realize that there's a kind of special kind of significance about this next question. And before I get into it, I just want you to know as a listener, not only the person who sent this question in, but that I don't take these questions lightly. That I realize there's a tremendous responsibility being afforded me and that you're in some ways putting these elements of your life in somebody else's hands. And I know the vulnerability that that takes. And sometimes it's, you know, from desperation. But... Whatever it takes for you to submit a question to me, I want you to know it's not. I don't relate to it at all like it's frivolous or nothing. This is a big deal. And like I said, as we get into this question, I think you're going to see just exactly what I'm talking about. So this question comes from Brian. Brian says, hi, Gary. A friend gave me the wisest fuck audiobook for Christmas. I have listened through six to eight times and now I've started going through your podcast. So I'm still discovering what you have to say. My wife has incurable but treatable cancer. Apparently terminal is no longer used, which means they can treat it until her quality of life is gone. She has six months, if not treated, to give you more detail than you probably need. I've gotten your message of being present, which is difficult at times, but I recognize that's where I need to be for both of us. 
Do you have podcasts that deal with this subject, please? How to stay better focused. Perhaps a different book. All right, Brian. I'm going to kind of give you um, a little bit of insight into what human beings, by and large, struggle with, right? But but at this time, it's greatly exacerbated. It's greatly, greatly blown up out of proportion. So one, one big thing we struggle with is change, okay? So, and, you know, the... The various stages of change have been laid out many, many times in the past. But I think what you've really got to look at is, I, I you know, of course the answer is you got to be present. You got to be here for what's here. You should also recognize, though, that that's not always going to be there. Your mind is going to drift off. You are going to look to the future. You are going to sit there and stew about the past. You are going to do that. So it really isn't about not doing that anymore. It's about recognizing when you're doing that and using that little moment of recognition to get yourself present, to get yourself here. Tragic episodes like this in a human being's life really makes clear what matters to them. Now, it's also kind of intertwined with a lot of survival. People often feel compelled to do things that they typically would do when avoiding a negative experience. So like, you know, turning to humor, turning to hard work, turning to, you know, whatever, creativity, turning to those things to kind of avoid what they're in. And again, it's not about being in it and being sad about being in it, because I'll tell you right now, a year or two years or three years or five years from now, if all you're ever going to do in this time is be sad about it or be down about it, you'll look back and wish you had been some other way. For sure. Now, this is an opportunity for you, and I really want you to get this for you, to get in touch with your own humanity. To expose yourself to what really matters to you as a human being. Right? Whether that be love or compassion or whatever, right, connection, to expose yourself to that. And to really look around your life and take stock of how much of your life is not about that. So, you know, like, there's two kinds of change for a human being, right? One is forced change, which you're dealing with right now. It doesn't matter whether it's forced or otherwise, though. It's still an opportunity for you to take stock. So the exercise that I'm going to give you is for you to dwell in the future, for you to set yourself out there a year or two years and and look back at this time and ask yourself, is there any way that I would want to be during this time? 
Is there anything that's left unsaid, undone, that needs to be said or needs to be done? That this time in your life, you, you'll look back and say, that was tremendously suppressive, perhaps, or sad. But at the same time, I'm really proud of who I was in that time. I have no regrets about who I was in that time. You know, that is absolutely how I function as a father. That is absolutely how I function as a husband. Like, I'm not interested in, I should have. So have that be your guide. Have that make clear for you. And, and will you lose sight of that? Will you lose focus from that? Yes, you will. But then you can put whatever reminders you need, you know. Like, I'm telling you a great one for people that they just don't take advantage of is their phone. Put a reminder in your phone every two hours, three hours, five hours, whatever. Be present. But change it up. Don't have it say the same thing every time, right? So three or four different ones. So that you have to read the phone. Oh, shit. Yeah, be present. What is be present? Be present is be here for what's here and available for what's here so that I can fully give myself to it. This is why people, you know, and, and I know this might even, this might seem frivolous given what you're dealing with, Brian, but this is what people do in careers, right? They're not present. So they're never fully giving themselves to it. They think it's about the job. It's not. It's about a self-expression. Your career is about self-expression. Are you going and expressing yourself and being yourself and bringing who you are to life? It's not about the fucking job. But, you know, we're so attached to this idea of being circumstantial as human beings. You don't have to be circumstantial. So sure, be present and forgive yourself when you're not. And allow yourself to experience the sadness or the grief or the anger or the frustration. Like, allow yourself to have all of that. Allow yourself your own humanity. Allow yourself to love that woman. Fully, unabashedly, with nothing left out. And then one day in the future, you'll look back at this time. Not with some gut-wrenching hurt. But you'll be nourished by it. And you'll be nourished by her. And if you take a few steps back, you can allow yourself to be impacted by the wonder of what it is to be a human being. And the magic of it. And the pain of it and the suffering of it. But when you get it in its entirety, it's all just a privilege. It's a privilege to be you right now. And there's no one else that you would rather have taking your place. No one can do this job like you. This is your shot to be who you need to be.
Thanks, Brian. All right, you guys, that's it for this week. There's something powerful for us all to take out of Brian's sharing, to dwell in, to think about how checked out we are, how disconnected we are from what matters to us. Well, this is your shot to get reconnected, to get back in the game of what it is to truly be alive. And with that, I'll see you on the flip side. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.